When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome to another year of Purple Daily here. Actually, we hit you with our first episode of the of the year yesterday, and now uh, we're rolling along here on this Tuesday. Presented, before we get into some deep dive State of the Vikings quarterback situation discussion, presented in part by Quick Trip and also AG1. About six years ago, I discovered AG1 products. And uh, much like how the Vikings sort of decrease my energy sometimes with these terrible performances in primetime, AG1 adds value to my life. It's foundational nutrition that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, immune support. Got an email this morning from a listener who said, hey, new year, new me. I'm back on that AG1 train If you would like to get your health in check, if you'd like to have 75 high-quality ingredients, boom, to start your day, one scoop mixed with your water in the morning, then AG1 is for you. For me, it helps with brain fog being lifted, energy levels heightened. Here's the website. It's AG1, drinkag1.com slash purpledaily, drinkag1.com slash purpledaily to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs, go to drinkag1.com slash purple daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Hello, gentlemen. That was a fun night of not only college football, mm-hmm. but also, you know, if you're looking at the Vikings quarterback situation, you're watching Michael Penix chuck it up there for 400-plus yards, J.J. McCarthy leading a game-tying drive against Alabama. Bo Nix carving it up, setting the NCAA season record for completion percentage. Uh, if that didn't spark your quarterback curiosity yesterday, I I don't know what can. Oh, nothing can. I, and and it was also great, uh, especially in the two uh, semifinal games. Wasn't it fun to watch college football that means something that where guys don't opt out because it's a playoff? Like I can't wait as much as as there are certain people some dear friends of mine who love the bowls right next year the expanded playoff is going to be so much fun more players not like yeah it'll be like fsu won't have 25 dudes skipping a game and getting their asses kicked because they'll be one of the eight teams in the playoff there will be blowouts i get that because we saw two semifinals monday that were fantastic okay so if you have a bigger field there will be more or there will be some games that aren't great but at least they'll try and be competitive. And I thought, I thought last night, like, how do you judge a quarterback now in a bowl game that's not a playoff? Yeah, it's like, hard. It's hard. They're playing an exhibition in which, to your point, guys opt out left and right. And if they do play, you're like, well, he's sort of half crazy. He's playing at all. Like, I get it. But, like, last night, Penix to me. Like, you're watching that. That is the game of his life right there, right? That's the most important game that he has played in he his life. He made millions of dollars. Yeah, it, right? it was awesome to watch. And you're right, as a Vikings fan follower, we're all like, hold on a second here. That translates. That looks like it translates. So, yeah, let's. And I'll start with Dex on this one. Which quarterback that you've sort of seen, Bo Nix, you know, on the national spotlight here, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix last night, which one are you most interested in wearing a purple jersey in uh, 2024? Or or none of them. Kurt, bring Kirk Cousins back. <laughs> lifetime contract. Jared Hall. Nick Mullins. Give me more of it. Give me more of both those guys. <laughs> uh, I would say of the rookies, the ones that intrigue me the most are Penix, 
Uh, Penix is pretty interesting to me. He's always the lefty, and lefty quarterbacks are a little interesting because they're rare breeds. You have to flip your entire offense. Uh, but Penix, athleticism and just his size, man. Like I like McDaniel's too, but um, I think Penix with all the size and the tools that he has, like that that stuff intrigues the heck out of me. I don't think they're going to be in the market to get a Drake May or a Caleb Williams for the most part. Um, and we talked a little bit about this on PD uh, on Purple Daily on Draft that launched yesterday of. Hey, if the Foles' first two guys are off the board, are you scared that the Vikings are going to reach for the guy at 11? And Forno and Miles brought up two good points of, well, two things. If they've identified, you know, McCarthy or Penix as their guy and he is available at pick 11 or pick 10, you take him because you've identified him and you trust him. It's not a reach at that point, but the flexibility the Vikings have here at pick 11, 10 to either move up or he maybe move back a couple spots, gain like an extra third round pick, which is, I believe, what the Saints did when they got Chris Olave last year or two years ago. They basically gained a second round or a third round pick for moving back one spot in the draft. So there's plenty of options on the table, and that's why this top 10 pick is so intriguing. But I think of all these rookie QBs, that one that right now at least interests me the most, I think it's Penix. So this is what makes us great too, you guys, is we are at the, we are, are um, in the quarterback restaurant, right? And we're just starting here. Like we've got the combine coming up. We got the pro days coming up. So, so like last night was an appetizer. Penix intrigues me a lot. And I loved what I saw, except for the medicals at the combine will be incredibly important. He tore his right ACL at Indiana twice. He he um, separated the shoulder in his uh, throwing arm once. I think he broke the, his right collarbone. But I mean, the medicals for him it's become yeah. incredibly important. There, it feels a little like Sam Bradford, where yeah, he, he's, those yeah. knees probably aren't holding up at age thirty-eight necessarily. Well, and will they hold up at age thirty-four? Like that's the thing. But anyway, yeah. um, I guess if you were to ask me about the quarterbacks from last night. The sugar high is Penix for sure. Like what we saw, he made the throws. Um, that looked like a dude that can run an offense for sure. But I got to be honest with his age. I understand the curiosity or fascination on Michigan's J.J. McCarthy too. Um, there's something about how he's wired that I think is going to knock team socks off. And you got to be a little careful there, but you know what? This is the potential CEO of your franchise for years to come. And here's what I like about McCarthy. It doesn't come off as an act. And I'll tell you why he comes back out there after the whole celebration last night. Right. And there's a photo of him on the field, just like soaking this in an appreciation. And when you see him talk to, you know, after the game, when he gets his post game, uh, opportunity to talk to the on-field reporter. There's a certain maturity there that is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Penix knocked my socks off. Like right now, I'm like, Michael Penix, it's great. But w- when you know that there's going to be questions about his knee and when you know that there's going to be far more prodding done with him and McCarthy and all of these guys to be upfront about it, uh, I'm not going to dismiss McCarthy. He's a kid who doesn't act like a kid. And I'm guessing that there's a lot more there potentially. So I thought yeah. if you're a Vikings fan, if you're a Vikings fan and you think they're going to move on from Kirk, which I, they might not, but if you think th- that they're going to, I think what we're seeing here is pretty exciting. You know, I, I will, I'll preface because we're going to be doing a lot of this the next four months talking about quarterbacks because right now the only two quarterbacks under contract starting and, you know, I guess I was going to say starting on Monday of next week. I guess technically it would be the league year on March 13th. Jaron Hall is under contract. Nick Mullins is technically under contract, but there's a huge gap. They can save a lot of money by by uh, yeah. cutting him. Yeah. So if they, especially if they feel like, hey, Jaron Hall, at least he's done enough in practice. Like he could be our backup quarterback. I don't know that fans would agree with that after the first half performance against Green Bay, but they don't have quarterbacks under contract is the main point here. And I just want to preface this whole season of reckless speculation discussion. And I'll only speak for myself. By saying it's impossible to have a strong opinion on who is going to pop and for sure be a star NFL quarterback and not. Even if you are 
the expert of all draft experts, right? Is it Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? I don't know. I think it's without a doubt Bryce Young. I think it's like, well, looks like it's C.J. Stroud, right? Mm-hmm. In previous drafts, you know, look at some of the guys that fall into the second, third rounds that never should have, right? So it is an inexact science, and any opinions that we have, I think, are more conceptual, right? It's more about the value to me of if you can nail a quarterback, be it a Penix or a J.J. McCarthy, smarter people than me are going to have to decide which one is the right quarterback. If you can nail that guy, now you've got five years of team control, and you get to save, like, compared to a Kirk Cousins, for instance, 30 or $40 million in cap space to spread across other positions of need. That's the pipe dream. I don't think you should desperately reach for it. Now, if you have a huge gap, if you don't, maybe you see some flaws in Penix's medicals or whatever. Maybe you don't think McCarthy, he's 20 years old right now. Maybe you just, maybe those guys are later first round guys. And there's an edge rusher that could change your defense. Okay. Don't be stupid and reach 20 picks for a quarterback. But I just want to say that like conceptually, I want the Vikings to find their quarterback of the future, not because he's immediately going to be better than Kirk Cousins day one but because he affords me five years to save that extra money and make my team better, thus making my quarterback better, perhaps. And last night only served to make me thirstier for that quarterback. Like the best version of Michael Penix, you can see him threading a needle to Justin Jefferson in the back of the end zone. J.J. McCarthy dusting himself off after a bunch of adversity in the second half and finding a way. You got one drive against Alabama and Nick Saban. Make it happen, and he finds the open receivers. Right? Um, it was, yeah. It, it's hard not to be excited for the future watching some of these guys play. If you're a Vikings fan, and don't forget, outside of Williams and outside of May for sure, and and probably Jaden Daniels as well. There's a chance that if you know Penix physicals go wrong, he might drop to the second round. JJ McCarthy, we're not positive. I've seen him in very different places in mock drafts. And there's always that one QB. There's always that one guy who we're like, well, he's a first round pick. And we say it right around this time. And then we're doing the draft party. And it's like, where's Will Levis? Second round. (laughs) We're in the second round. What's going on here? Right. So like, that's the, that's another uh, factor or variable to keep in mind. But the one thing that we know now, though, is the Vikings can put themselves in a far better position if they accept their fate on Sunday. And if you weren't going to play the Packers, oh hard, wait, whoa, you're being a bad fan. Oh you're being a bad. You're not going to play the Lions. No, I thought you root for the Vikings. Can you root for the three-hour sugar you know high, no matter what? Or you're a I bad am rooting, fan. I am. Well, yes, I'm a terrible fan. I am rooting <laughs> for. I am rooting for the higher draft pick, not just in the first round, but all the subsequent rounds too. Because if McCarthy falls guess what if i lie if i lose to the lions on sunday and i really want mccarthy and he's in the second round far better chance i can grab him now without a win that's going to be absolutely worth nothing if they beat detroit it's a quick quick side street here for a second because i heard a lot of you know just discussing this before the game on uh new year's eve you got a round up notion that you're a bad fan if you root for anything other than a win in the game that's being played today, the three-hour game being played today, right? And right. there was a big debate on the other side. I put a poll up, and it was like 60% of people actually wanted the Vikings to lose that game, at least the people that, that voted. And, and, and the other people were calling those, those, you're a bad fan over here. It's like, wait a second. Okay, so let's, let's call that three-hour football game on New Year's Eve and the one that's coming up against the Lions. Let's, uh, let's call that your, your, pay, your Vikings paycheck, okay? So you get, by the Vikings playing a game, you get a Vikings fan paycheck. You can either deposit that thing right back in and you can, hey, let's throw a party right now. This will be great. Yep. Three-hour party right now and light that money on fire. Or you can take that money, that Vikings fan paycheck, and you can invest it in your Vikings fan 401k or your Vikings fan investment account for future Vikings success in 2024-25. Isn't this the most responsible way to be a fan, right? Oh, yeah, it's boring. Rooting for a Vikings loss against the Uh, Lions is the responsible thing to do as a fan. I just want to make that clear. (laughs) My my TikTok's all financial (laughs) advice. It's like 50% financial advice right now. It goes through different cycles. And right now it's like, what should you be investing in? Should you do a Roth IRA or should you do a normal 401k? But also, if if you're a Vikings fan and you're looking at this, like they have a chance here if they lose the Lions, who apparently are coming in. What was the word Dan Campbell used? 
Controlled They're Fury. Yeah. yeah. Controlled Ra- Fury. Yeah, it's, ra- it's rage, but it's very controlled. Now. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's hilarious. And if the Bears beat the Packers, this means also the Vikings will have a fourth place schedule with some of their common opponents. So next year, yeah. they have the NFC West and the AFC South. Those are locked in. They're going to play those teams no matter what. But they also, yeah. if they finish in fourth place next year, would get the Patriots at home, the Panthers at home, and also they'd have to go to the Commanders. So, like, you have a softer schedule if you do end up in this weird scenario, end up playing in fourth fan. place. But you're a bad fan if you're you know looking what I at think that. The was? Because I'm looking at 2024 right now. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Here, here's what I think. I, I think, Phil, you, you got caught in the Packer vortex, though. I think that people were, like, I saw a lot of outrage about how can you root for the Packers against the Vikings. This is it's, Detroit. It's laundry. I'm rooting for the long-term success of the Minnesota Vikings. But I'm saying now, I think, now I think that, that you know, with the debacle that we all watched on Sunday night and Detroit now, I think you'd probably get, more, yeah, I can see that now. You know you what, then? Okay. You want to play that game? Okay. If you well, are shaming, you, I know you do. I'm saying like the like the royal you, the royal you, right? So if you're if you're shaming fans for rooting for the long term success of the Vikings, then no. should those fans shame you? Let's say they lose to the Lions and they draft ninth or tenth, yep. and they get access to a franchise quarterback, whoever it is. Maybe Jaden Daniels falls to seven. By the way, I was looking this up. Josh Allen fell to seven. Patrick Mahomes fell to ten. Now the Chiefs were like mid to late twenties. They moved up. You can move up. I get that. Right. But let's say you get access to a franchise quarterback and you have to give up either nothing, you can just draft him because he falls to you, or you don't have to give up future first-round picks to move up 15 spots. If I was a worse fan and a worse human, I would say you don't deserve to cheer for that quarterback because you rooted for the Vikings. You're short-term wow. sugar high. You didn't eat your broccoli. Wow. You shoved it in the garbage can the for a three-hour sugar high. You're flipping the script <laughs> on these people. You're a bad fan is what I'm saying. No, no you're a bad fan. So let's let's stop the fan shaming here. Spider-Man but, meme. No, you're a bad fan. No, no, you're, you're a bad, bad fan. fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like we can all come together and say now that that game is over, whatever you were rooting for, what's done is done. And now there's like a 2% chance of them making the playoffs. Like five different things have to happen, including the Vikings going in and beating a clearly pissed off Lions team. But it is kind of fun to speculate on the the future here. So uh, one other thing to get into, and, and we'll, we'll get into some, some other questions and, uh, a pigskin pecking order. Judd will guess the PFF grades, but we've talked about this. I feel like we have to reiterate this and set this conversation up every year on this show going back. Cause it's always kind of a, are they going to resign Kirk? Are they not pretty much every, every year? There are three categories of quarterback situations in the NFL. I don't think there's a fourth. There might be a fourth, but I'm pretty sure every team falls into one of three quarterback categories. Number one, you have a rookie scale contract starter. And ideally, that guy is healthy and playing and leading your team. Tua, Jalen Hurts, um, C.J. Stroud with Houston right now, or you've got a guy, he's a stud, he's young, he's cheap relative to what his market value would be, and you get to build out the rest of your team to help push that thing forward, right? So that's situation number one. The Vikings haven't had that situation since Teddy Bridgewater, like almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Category number two. You have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback who can make up for deficiencies. You've got a Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, we're going to trade you, we can't afford you, and still win a Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes is that damn good, right? Now, some teams have Hall of Fame caliber quarterback on a rookie-scale contract, like Joe Burrow until that recent contract might have qualified there. So I think think Patrick Mahomes fits that category. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, is going down that path, especially if he wins another MVP. Like he can just kind of, he can just kind of juke his way out of trouble and win games. Uh, maybe Josh Allen is a franchise carrier type of a guy. And then the third category is where the Vikings have sat for six years. And it doesn't mean you're doomed or you're going to win only like five games. You can win games in the third category. Mm-hmm. And it's the, you have a good quarterback making big money category. It's the comfortable category. 
But you could also say it's where the Lions are at right now with Jared Goff. It's where the Dallas Cowboys are at with Dak Prescott. You can still win like 10, 11, 12 games and and make a run if you are excellent at filling in those holes with draft picks, hitting on late-round draft picks, finding free agent bargains and whatnot. What category do you want the Vikings to be in long-term? Kirk Cousins is not a Hall of Famer. He's a good quarterback. Like, if you were to win a couple Super Bowls, you might have a Hall of Fame conversation. I want them to get out of that third category. I don't want to be paying a good quarterback a lot of money. I'd rather either start over. I think you can win more games with a lesser quarterback than Cousins, making $30 million less if you spend that money on interior defensive line, a good running back, all these other things. But those are the three categories of quarterbacks that we should just be aware of, like situations over the next few months. And I think what you have to do is, and this is the question, and I honestly, as we were discussing on the scoop with Dukes about, I, you know, and I tend to agree, and I've talked about this before, that the Wolves feel like they like Category 3 because they're like, well, we got a good quarterback, and who knows? It's safe. Um, yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's safe, but it's, it lacks real probability of a championship. I mean, you can win 13 games. You could probably make a playoff run. But here's my thing, too, is, and it, there's a, I, I would call Category 1 and 2. There's sort of a half on each of those, which is this. Do you draft a quarterback in the first round, which gives you the fifth-year option? So, so like with Hertz, it's four years. That goes by really quickly. The fifth-year option gives you the extra year. And, yes, the fifth year he's well-paid, but not like an elite yeah. QB would be paid. And so, like, that's where I thought that it, this was supposed to go when Quazy and, more importantly, O'Connell got the job, right? Like, we're going to get the most that we can from Kirk. And I think O'Connell gets full credit for that. I think O'Connell and Kirk have done a very nice job. I I would not say that I have been surprised or disappointed. I think as a team, they've done a nice job. I expected that. But that, to me, was not the end game. The end game was to get to either what you're talking about, category one or two. But at least you start off in one, which is O'Connell gets his hands on a quarterback and develops that player, but as he is, that player starts to come of age, right? And now he's on a rookie-scale contract, preferably five years, and you've got a lot of time there then. So, but I guess I've started to question that now because it seems like the push to get Kirk back is real. It seems like O'Connell really likes to work with Kirk. Gotta admit, I know the three slappies who have, have played have not been, like, there are problems with each one of them. Jaron Hall, young, and he's incredibly green. Mm -hmm. Um, Joshua Dobbs, great start, but when you asked him to run the system, you sort of saw things. And Mullins, to me, is a lost cause. I I think the arm strength is gone. And, like, I I just didn't see enough there to say that I would have any interest in continuing on there. But I guess I'm a little bit taken aback that from all three of those guys, O'Connell did not get more from at least one. He did from, and and this is the indictment, the Atlanta game. So Josh Dobbs comes in, no experience in the system, just got here, see to your pants, play, uh, play calls, right? And it's like, it worked pretty damn well. But then the more experienced Dobbs got here, and as O'Connell was like, okay, this is what I want to do, and this is what I want to do, it got worse. And so I guess where I'm a little bit afraid now is, and this is unfortunately going to, I'm sure, strike the Wilfs as well, is this. Not can he take a bad quarterback and develop him, but can he milk the most from a quarterback who might be mentally swimming at times well, or might not, might not be on top of things? But I would, I mean, I really do think that the end game should have been to draft a quarterback here and allow O'Connell to develop that player. I guess I just have more question marks about the probability of that being a success now that I'd like to see answered. I would zoom out on the O'Connell thing and and just say this. Yes, the, the the low level of quarterback play, like the basement, the floor of how bad a quarterback can play, was a lot lower than when he has Kirk Cousins. You don't Kirk Cousins isn't in the grasp three times in a game like Nick yeah, Mullins no, and right. trying to like make a hero play. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not missing. Kevin Seifert put a bunch of screenshots of the All Twenty Two of poor Jaron Hall is just missing these wide open crossing patterns. We had a guy come on Ventline the other night. And uh, and said, like, the Vikings can never hit on these slant, these crossing patterns, these slants. Like, why don't they hit on these slants? Well, they're wide open right. all night on Sunday. And Jaron Hall just, like, wasn't seeing them or whatever it is. So, like, 
I get you're seeing at, at its worst, you're seeing a lower level of quarterback play because these guys are backups. They're not there. So my two points on this to, to sort of poke back at the Kevin O'Connell criticism is, and I agree that there is some things to be, there are some things to be criticized, but there's a certain level of quarterback talent and play you need to be able to any coach. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan had a bad win loss record with Nick Mullins. All right. If Kyle Shanahan couldn't win with Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins probably isn't, he shouldn't be out there starting more than like a half, you know, or a couple games in an emergency situation. Number two, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins this season averaged 21 and a half points per game. Without Kirk Cousins, they averaged 19 points per game, including the highest scoring output without Kirk Cousins. They had a 31 point offensive outburst against the Falcons with Josh Dobbs. So I know that our eyes are telling us correctly that we've seen some atrocious quarterback play, and that is true. But if you zoom out and say, okay, just the overall offense with Kirk, without Kirk this season, 21.5 points per game with Kirk, 19 points per game without Kirk. Now, I think that number was like 23 points per game with Kirk, I want to say, last year. So mm-hmm. the, the turnovers early in the year had kind of decreased. I would expect that if Kirk had stayed the starter, that number would have been higher than 21.5. But for there to only be a like a two point gap between Kirk Cousins led offense and train wreck Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall led offense, I think it puts it into perspective. It wasn't like people are making it sound like they were scoring thirty points a game with Kirk and now they can barely scratch across a field goal. That wasn't necessarily the case. Yeah, and Do- and Dobbs in that Falcons game with uh, KOC as well were, were brilliant, absolutely. And the first half mm-hmm. of the Saints game was great. Um, but I'm just saying that that there are things that make me afraid that they're going to pick bin three because of the fact that I think we all have seen that the Kirk and O'Connell thing works. And if you're going to pick bin three, are you really going to draft a quarterback high in April? That's back, my question. Back to the whole like investment stuff that we were joking about. But like, and we've used this comparison before, but the Wilfs and Kirk are combined into like a bond ETF. They, they, like if you're investing, bonds are safe, right? They're low risk. They're consistent. They're never going to like make you rich, but they're safe investments and they're not going to shipwreck you. But you also, if you're looking to like retire and make a bunch of money and, and kind of cheat the system to a degree and win a championship, you're going to take some risks. You have to put that money more in stocks. You have to put that stuff in more risk adverse things. And for whatever reason, they are so comfortable with how they're investing with how they're building their team, how they want their team to be they don't want to go into that scary bin of the risk yep. factor that could honestly go make them go bust yeah. too. I'm going to keep this analogy going one more step. You know how uh, you ever sit down with like a financial advisor or somebody and they, you're like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. You help me or whatever. Right. And they say, okay, so here is a sliding scale of how risky do you want to be with your assets? Right. Uh, do you want to be like not very risky at all? And there's like kind of a, like a, I don't know if it's like a frown face, but it's like a conservative emoji or something. And then there's the, do you want to put it all on the line on a, on a, an obscure startup? How crazy do you want to get here? Right. I would say for the Vikings, for the Wilfs, you guys, you've owned this franchise for, for mathematically what, like 25% of the franchise's existence. So night, so 60 plus years, they've owned the franchise for over like between 15, 20 years. So like over a quarter of the franchise's history, the Wilfs have owned this team. So they are embedded, ingrained in the fan base, in the historical failures to win a Super Bowl. You guys have done everything. You guys and your predecessor owners, going back to the early 1960s, you've been to Super Bowls. You've been to the NFC Championship game. You've won a million divisions, right? The Lions are celebrating their third division title since 1957. The Vikings win division titles pretty much every other year, right? You guys have done, as a franchise, you've had Hall of Fame players, Ring of Honor players, up and down. The only thing you haven't done is win a Super Bowl. Why would you play it safe with your football investments at this point, unless your only goal is to maintain fan interest year after year? That Riding that nine-win line, it keeps people interested all the way through November, December. And by the way, this is the other thing. This is a mistake that people make. They equate, because of our post-traumatic ponder stress syndrome, they equate drafting a quarterback in the first round with taking a gigantic step back. Why does that have to be the case? 
if you're a well-run franchise. Well, you want to be the Browns? Do you want to be the Jets, the Lions? Do you really? Okay, you've been watching whatever, however old you are as a Vikings fan. If you're if you're Judd and you've been watching the Vikings for damn near 50 years, if you're me or Clint, you've been watching since the 90s, you've watched enough Vikings football. Do you really think that they are as poorly run as the Lions historically or the Browns or the Jets? The Vikings have overcome so many quarterback failures to still bounce back and win nine games, 10 games, 11 games. The Houston Texans just drafted a quarterback. They took a huge step forward. The 49ers whiffed on a top five quarterback pick in which they gave up a ton of draft capital, and they went forward. They got better because their organization is well run. So I would just say this to the Wolves. Trust yourselves. You guys, it's a well-run organization. You barely fire anybody. You know, you put together pretty good rosters. Don't get scared and don't play it safe at this point in time in the franchise's history. Do you realize, if I'm correct on this, this this franchise has never drafted a quarterback and started him immediately? Culpepper sat. For a year. Teddy eventually replaced Castle, who got hurt against the Saints, I believe. Um, Ponder sat behind Nab for six games. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't think this team has even done that in its franchise history. Tarkington Tarkington was behind George Shaw, and he was not a first round pick. Jaron Hall sat for a couple months. Kramer didn't start right away, (laughs) did he? No. No. Tark was the quarterback behind Fran Tarkington. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this franchise has even Mm -hmm. done what Phil just tried to explain. So, yeah. And again, is there still. A possibility that it makes sense. I, I will say this about Kirk Cousins. I don't want him back unless it's a huge team friendly discount. And if if a right. if a if a bidding war you. opens up, like I am I am no longer interested in okay. and it's it's not gonna be a Joe Burrow contract because he's coming off of like there's no way. He's coming yeah. off a of massive injury. The only way I would take him back is if I can get out of the contract after the first year. And if it's nowhere near top of the market value, that's the, those are the only conditions I want Kirk Cousins back. So let's go down this, this path that we talked to Dukes about and, and that he cleared up and, and got good clarity from Joel Corey, a former player agent who now is at CBS Sports. And this comes back to the whole thing with Kirk and, and the fact that the Vikings have uh, the dead cap hit, which will go into effect next season if Kirk is not on the team or if he is on the team, because that is going to take effect if Kirk does not basically re-sign with the Vikings before free agency, before the league year, which we all love starts, right? In which case you can then kick the can down the road again. Yep. But, but so Phil, I think you just hit on the most important thing because like all of these discussions and I'm, I'm not completely adverse to Kirk, returning it as well i i would like the franchise to take a good long look at where things stand but all of these discussions really hinge on that they really hit because i don't see a way that you allow mike mccarthy who represents kirk to tell you we'd like to examine the market but we might come back okay and then you're going to take mike Mike mccartney by the way mike Mike mccarthy Mike the McCartney. fact that he can be a coach of one yeah, of the top of teams in the NFL. He's just, yeah. Well, he's great with quarterbacks. So Mike McCartney, <laughs> if he says, hey, you know what? Falcons are, Falcons are sniffing around at the combine. We got teams sniffing around. And you might be able to re-sign us, but if you do, you're Ready? also going to take the dead cap hit. That's not, to me, acceptable. That's not going to work. Yeah. So you literally have to decide on Kirk, and Kirk has the hammer there that if you want me back, you, you essentially have to pay my price. Um that I will agree to before the league year starts. That's where I think this conversation really becomes important because the, you know, we could talk about the pie in the sky. Kirk comes back. It's great. Takes a team friendly offer. Everything works out. Kirk wants to win, but the, but what you're really looking at is a financial decision here in which Kirk is going to have a ton of control and how much do we think Kirk is going to give when he has the team up against the wall just based on the dead cap hit alone that will come into play if he's not signed yeah. by, the, by the time we get to the start of the league year in March? So I'll ask this as we did two weeks ago when we did our first State of the Vikings quarterback episode, and we'll, we'll keep asking this. As of right now, today, January 2nd, 2024, what is the percent chance Kirk Cousins is back with the Vikings in 2024? I think I told you guys 40% last time. I don't know if we can, we can we keep track of these. Sure. I'll start keeping track right now. I'm going to, at least mine. I'm going to keep track of mine. And Judd, good luck with you. Um, <laughs> look, 
Look that up, Dex. Yeah, I'll look that up for you. Uh, so I said forty percent last time. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump this up to fifty. Oh, so it's higher. It's okay. higher for me now. I think I said high. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you guys were initially higher than, or no, I don't know what Mackie was, but I I'm gonna bump this up to fifty. I I'm was. Just, I, I'm gonna say it was a little outside of a coin flip chance. Now I I think it's trending up. I think of what they've seen, what they want with stability. I think it's going up. Uh, for right now, I think it's fifty percent. I I think I said sixty percent. I think I was really high. Dex was and the I'm, lowest, actually, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Last time. Yeah. I said 65 or 60, and I'm staying right there. Because here's what P- I believe. Pick one for our uh, record keeping. Keep it the 60. same. Yeah. 60? Okay. 60. So here's why I believe this to be the case. Because I will pound this table and say, I think this is probably a mistake. But what I believe is going to be the case in my prediction is, I think the Vikings keep Kirk. I think they extend Jefferson. I think Daniil might walk, but I think at the end of the day, they draft defense. Because if you keep Kirk and then Jefferson's like, yay, we're keeping Kirk. Can you really go sell, but we're drafting J.J. McCarthy first round, who, by the way, is not going to help us one bit well, in 24. But, you, but sell to who? Sell to Kirk or sell to? Sell to Kirk and J.J. and everybody else. I think you else. can sell any of these dudes that, like these dudes that lit it up last night in that semifinal. I th- I. I think you can sell Justin Jefferson on Michael Penix pretty easily. But, but Jaden Daniels is an LSU guy. Like you'd be able to sure. sell him in a heartbeat. But my point is if Kirk comes back and then and I'm not saying that they wouldn't like the quarterback. I'm saying that if I want to win and I'm looking around at, at our holes and this team's got a lot of holes. Okay. I'm not saying that they wouldn't like the player. I'm saying that they would say, why wouldn't you get us help at positions of immediate need? And this that's is what pro- I would say as a player. But this is the problem the Vikings historically run into. They do this a lot. Like, they drafted Garrett Bradbury because they needed a center this year, know. you know? It's like I you know. should be, as a front office, you should be looking at a three- to five-year window, yes. not what, what, do we, what do we need right now to immediately pop? It's like we need to, you know, like Lewis seen, we need him to play right away. It's like, well, okay. I mean, it's Look at the three- to five-year arc, I guess, if you're the I agree with you completely. What I just predicted, I don't, I would not do. Just to be very clear, I'm yeah. just saying if I'm a player and I resign and I'm Kirk and I'm back, okay, boys, let's go. Let's go win a Super Bowl in 24. And you're like, but we're going to draft a replacement really high. And I'm looking at the defense and I'm saying, got a lot of holes over there, gentlemen. I That's what you. they'll say. I hear you. Uh, I'm also at 60% right now. So I think there's better than a coin flip chance that Kirk comes back to the Vikings. Before we get to a pigskin pecking order and Judd guessing the PFF grades, Let's tell the audience how to make it even more fun than it already is to watch and play, uh, well, not to play football, but to watch football with underdog fantasy. Yeah, thankfully we don't have Judd, you know, over under interceptions thrown. I don't know what that would be for, for, oh, for underdog fantasy no. on the Score North podcast. We don't want to have to get <laughs> okay. there. Hey, uh, if the Vikings truly want that ninth overall pick, Judd should start against the Lions on No, Sunday. I would die. Dan Campbell would kill That's me. Fine. He would. I would sacrifice you for a higher draft. Controlled wow. theory at Judd Zolgad. Uh, our guy Josh. Josh has sent me many, many numerous slips. Uh, he always makes big wins on Underdog Fantasy. Listen to Josh. He had a nice little over-under here from over Christmas week. Uh, took a couple touchdown props. See the little chilly signs at the end of those touchdown props? That means those are nice propped up for you. They'll give you even extra money. They'll give you even extra rewards for hitting those on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. We love seeing all your winning slips. Uh, go download the Underdog Fantasy uh, and Get in on the fun on the Underdog Fantasy app. Amen. Also, Judd, it's uh, it's time to lose weight. This is the time yep. of year where all of you start to uh, look in the mirror and say, it's time to get my you-know-what together. Livia is here to help you. That's absolutely true. And, in, in fact, there is an offer on the, the table right now. Perhaps the National Football League's league year has not started, but Livia's year has started. That's right. And they are offering you three months for free. So your first Three months are free. And look, this program works. They're going to help you not only uh, drop the weight. They helped me drop 40 pounds, but they're going to help you keep that weight off, that those unwanted pounds will be gone. All of those clothes that don't fit now, and you're saying it's January 1st, I got to change my life. Livia is the place to go. They are now offering as well breakthrough weight loss medication options. Again, first three months are free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. All right, pigskin packing order here. We're actually just going gonna to buzz through this uh, so we can get to Judd guessing the PFF grades. 
But this is where we all three rank our top 10 teams in the National Football League, throw it into an aggregate, and we get this. Baltimore Ravens consensus the number one team in the NFL. Just bludgeoning other really oh, yeah. good teams now. That, change, that changed because I think the, the last time that we did this was two weeks ago. Yep. And I think we all had, or I had San Francisco one. And for the first time, I'm like, Baltimore's easily the best team right now. We all have Ravens, Niners, one and two in that mm-hmm. order. Cowboys at three, Bills at four, Lions at five. Here's how it shook out. So Judd and Declan had the Cowboys at three. I actually, I have the Bills still at three. I, can see I get that their record isn't quite as good, but they've been playing like one of the two or three best teams in the NFL the last month. I have the Lions at four, Cowboys at five. Judd has Cowboys three, Dolphins four, Lions five. Declan has Cowboys three, Bills four, Chiefs at five after bouncing back with a win. Let's see what the other five in the top ten look like. Miami Dolphins dropping to six, Chiefs at seven, Cleveland Browns jumping to eight, 11 and five. 11 and five, man. Stefanski. Coach He's of the doing year a hell, hell of a job, man. Coach of the year material. Four quarterbacks coming to playoffs. Yep. Joe Flacco, that defense. They've stuck to the running game, too. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, ninth. At one point, they were number one, number two. And then the Rams Yep. at 10 after Shout clinching a wild card spot. I put the Rams in there this yeah, week me for too. the first time in forever. Look out for we all Rams. had the same 10, just in slightly different orders. So, yeah, Dex, you had the Eagles at 10. I had the Rams at 10. Judd had the Rams at 10. So there you go. Those are your, uh, your pigskin packing order. And uh, where do the Vikings rank? Who cares? Thank you. I didn't, I, I didn't even include them this week. I didn't even try and make up a position for them. It doesn't matter where the Vikings rank. <laughs> it doesn't matter. As The Rock would say. Oh, it doesn't matter God. what you think. Dude, The Rock came back to WWE last night. I saw on Twitter last night. And it was like, it was going to be kind of a fun thing, right? He's going to just, he comes back once every few years and just like, you know, beats up some bad guy and then whatever. And then he gets done with his whole spiel and he goes, well, just one more thing, San Diego. The Rock is going to be going out to eat out on the town tonight. When The Rock goes out to that restaurant, should The Rock sit in a booth? Should The Rock sit at the bar? <laughs> the Rock does or like the bar. The Rock sit. The Rock likes the bar. The Rock, the rock does or like the bar. Or should The Rock sit at the head of the table? Ah. Which is where former Viking Roman Reigns sits at the head of the table. Thus <laughs> I, setting up. I audibly gasped and had goosebumps on my arms when he said it. Oh, my God. Audibly or gasped. should The Rock sit at the head of the table? Oh, God. Crowd pop. Uh, Judd, it's time for you to put your old grizzled oh, I don't fo- even football do viewing eyes to the test. <laughs> okay. All against right. the pro football focus oh. scouts. This is a segment we like to call Judd Guesses the PFF Grades. We're looking for the oh, top God. three and bottom three offensive performers in that game. Minimum of 20 snaps. You get three strikes total to guess the six. Oh, God. I mean, this is so bad. So top three offense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Jordan Addison, top three? Jordan Addison. Not in the top three. A 57.8 out of 100 grade. Derisaw had a bad game. Derisaw did not have a normally good good game, so I'm guessing he's not in the top three. Um, Brian O'Neill, top three? He was fourth. He was fourth. I, I'm at a complete loss here because this was so bad. Um, oh, boy. Who else could have... Who else would have qualified? Um... Justin Jefferson. Third highest, 67.1 grade for God, JJ. God, there were two people higher than JJ on, on this yeah. list, huh? All right. Um, Josh Oliver. Number one, 77.8 grade out of 100. Oh, God. All right. Um, I feel like the offensive line was sieving out too much for anyone to be included now that I've eliminated Brian O'Neill. Um, Down to his last strike offensively here, folks. K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne. No. No, I'll give you the rest here. No. (laughs) No. K.J. was bottom three. He was the third worst at 50.6. All right, Stella's mad about this. You go, Stella. She did not enjoy 
that game on Sunday night. Ed Ingram was the second worst at 43.5, and Garrett Bradbury with one of his worst games of the season. I said the line. The interior of the line was awful. 36.8 and a 5.3 run block grade out of 100, or a pass block grade, I should say. Nice job. Um, Johnny Munt was the second highest graded player. 73 points. My guy, go Johnny Munt. Pass receiving tight end now without TJ. All right, now same drill, but on the defensive side oh, of the ball, God. and we'll draw the line at 20 snaps. Oh, 20 my God. Snaps. Okay, top three. I will say there was one extremely high, highly graded defensive player. That was, that was about, I mean, some of the other guys weren't train wrecks, but there was one that was like, whoa, okay, this guy played his ass off. Surprising? Well, just surprising that they had a player that graded really okay, high. Okay, so not a, surpri- not a shock. It may or may not, the name may or may not be right. a surprise. I will withhold that information. I'm just surprised that anyone like had a 92.6 grade on defense. I feel like none of the safeties played well. Uh, Makai Blackman, top three. Top three? Yep. Okay. Um, this is so futile. I just, I don't even, I mean, I don't even know where to start. I, I am surprised that there actually was a high grade. Um, Daniil didn't do anything. I feel like Harrison Phillips was banged up again and didn't do much. Um, Ivan Pace, top three. Ivan Pace was the third highest graded defensive player. Okay. Pretty consistent this season. Uh, Jordan Hicks, top three. Jordan Hicks. Hmm. Two strikes. Okay. Jordan Hicks was a 65.2 grade in this game. Okay. And, um... Josh Metellus, top three. Man. Yeah, I I, I don't blame you. I feel like he had a terrible game, but I, I don't know who had a good game. 60.7 grade for Josh Metellus. So, okay. yeah, this, was, this is a really tough exercise here. So the highest graded player by a, by a landslide with a 92.6 grade defensively was Kyrie's Tonga. Oh, God. A couple pressures, couple hurries, okay. four tackles, two stop tackles. When they got that one. Yep. And then Harrison Phillips was the second highest graded player. Ivan Pace was third. Harrison Phillips? Wow. Okay. Yeah, he had a couple pressures. Uh, he also had three missed tackles. I don't, yeah. I don't know. At the bottom, Makai Blackman was the lowest graded player, 29.2 grade out of 100. Jonathan Bullard, 29.4. And a Caleb Evans, 30.1. Yeah. Brutal, I think Harrison dude. Smith might have uh, worked his way into the bottom three. He did not have a good game. When targeting a Caleb Evans, Jordan Love was 7 for 10 for 119 yards and 46 yards after the catch. Mm. Mm. Yeah, That's brutal. Caleb. Yeah, he's had a so, real rough couple weeks. So yeah, that was uh, there. You go. There's Judd guesses the that yeah, wasn't good. The PFF. But you know what? I gave a performance worthy of Sunday night's Viking performance. So probably yeah, it's pretty similar. Pretty similar. Hey, before we go, I want to hit you guys with I want a mock. mock. It's mock season, baby. I want Over on the scoops, so we're keeping track of all the mock drafts that we do on Purple Daily and on our other Score North podcast, and just keeping track of where players, you know, which players the Vikings are drafting. So we did do a tankathon and a fantasy pros from today. And both that was on the Scoop podcast with Doogie. Um, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd podcast feed, if you haven't already subscribed. Edge rusher from Alabama, Dallas Turner, going to the Vikings with both those. I have one from CBS Sports here. This is the latest from Ryan Wilson. Updated this this morning. He's got big trades happening early. So he's got Washington taking Caleb Williams, trading up and taking Caleb Williams. He's got the Patriots taking Drake May, number two. And then he's got the Bears taking Marvin Harrison Jr., number three. Jaden Daniels as the third quarterback off the board, number five to the Giants. Michael Penix going to the Raiders at 11, one spot ahead of the Vikings. Yep. Who select out of the University of California, Los Angeles. Edge rusher, I believe it's pronounced uh, Laitu. Is it Lai? Wow. Laiatu? Laitu Latu is Laya- his name. Laiatu Latu. Yeah. Laiatu Latu. Pac-10 after dark. Mom! God rest your soul, Pac-10 after dark. 
I was asleep so, those nights. Let's see. The write-up says the... Is this a trade? Uh, I don't think they've updated this. Yeah, they have not updated the write-up here. So, But, uh, yeah, they take... they take it, it essentially is the third edge rusher off the board after <laughs> Dallas Turner and Jared Verse go to the Falcons and the Bears. The Vikings desperately need help rushing the passer, and so they take this guy from... Actually, you know what? Same school as uh, as Kendricks and Barr, right? UCLA. Uh, U, uh, UCLA, yeah. See? That's been, a good, it's been a good pipeline for the Vikings. Zim will call yeah. and be like, I approve of that. Yeah. Uh, a shout-out to our friends over at Nutrisource for helping us keep our dogs happy and fed and uh, get those nutritious scoops of Nutrisource chicken and rice in their bodies. They're smiling Maya Mackie on the YouTube channel. Nutrisource is the official dog and pet food of Purple Daily. Boys. Yep, uh, 6.30 this morning, that little girl, Stella, woke me up and said, you know what, Pop-Up, get your ass out of bed. It's time for my Nutrisource. And I said, of course it is, because you love that food so much. Look at that look I get, though. I mean, do I deserve, like, the Vinsters look, Declan, is so much more accepting to me. Yeah, yeah. actually, he just stares. If anyone's, you know, uh, my fiance took this photo of me watching the Christmas Eve game, and you'll see also Not Vinny's watching. big number two red balloon. If anyone is uh, in the kitchen near the pantry, Vinny just is locked in. Where's my Nutrisource treats? I know you got them in there. Give me some of those. He you can't have those? takes then, though. He's got to watch the game. Tell oh, him, has... Mr. to have takes, you got to watch the game. Nope, he treats first, takes second. That's his motto. com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. That's NutrisourcePetFoods.com. We appreciate you guys for clicking the like button and the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and over on the audio side. If you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple and Spotify, it helps continue to spread the word about this Vikings fan community that you guys have helped us build up here the last few years. So, Thank you. We will be locked in for a vent line session again after Vikings Lions this weekend, but we are mostly full steam ahead. This is, by the way, this for, for those of you that are new, this show doesn't like end after the season, right? This is a 365 day a year show. And oftentimes the most fun shows are speculating on what could happen between January and May during the off season player movement. So we are going to be your daily home for all things off season Viking speculation Thank you for hanging out with us here. Daily Vikings Entertainment on Purple Daily.